Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linford, and I'm here today with a really fascinating power woman. Now, Nancy Allen is not only an extremely uh, fantastic doctor, but she is also a property investor. So combining those two worlds, and we're going to have a great conversation. Nice to see you, Nancy. Good morning. I'm so humbled by that wonderful intro, Jeanette. Thank you so much. Um, good morning. Yeah, morning. Lovely to see you. So we're we're going to get into all about your journey because it is fascinating that you've got these kind of two two worlds, if you like, that you've kind of brought together. Um, and I think a really great place to start, Nancy, is just a little bit of a canter through kind of your background, where life started for you, where you are today. And then we're going to have a good old chat from there, if that's good with you. Yeah, well, uh, in a nutshell, I suppose at the moment I'm uh, I'm an NHS GP. I still practice, um, and I consider that a service. Uh, my job, my work, I've done that, love it. And at the same time, about ten years ago, I started investing in property. Um, I've always wanted to be a doctor as a child. Uh, when I was four years old, um, all I ever wanted to be was a doctor. I don't know why. I think it's probably my dad's influence. He used to take me. To, with him to work, he was a biochemist. And I just tag along and he'd take me to the labs, put me on the bench, and I'd look at these big giants, uh, very, very important people. And the lab was always so clean. And it just intrigued me. And at the age of four, I almost manifested being a doctor. I said, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. And then I just um, worked towards it day and night. All I ever wanted to do was be a doctor. Um, in the background, my hobby was um, gymnastics. I loved gymnastics and I worked uh, right throughout school towards that. And I think that really helped me focus. Um, working in the NHS, it was quite stressful and hard, um, but always embracing exercise helped me do that. So... The journey continued. I was living the dream life, um, got married, had two children. Um, unfortunately, a few years later, we got divorced. I uh, continued to embrace my work even more. I rose up in the ranks as uh, became a GP educator. And I really, really enjoyed my work. Uh, but the landscape changed. It became, I think, more and more hours were required to be worked. And it was very, very stressful. Uh, but I felt I was coping until one particular day. I uh, I must have done about 48 hours, a sort of, you know, 24 hour, hours solid work in 48 hours. And I was driving um, on my day off. So I had sort of two days and a day off. So my routine, I go to the gym, drop the kids off at school, go to the gym. So I, I do sort of uh, intensity training. Uh, 
And I did my workout driving home. I started getting chest pain. I thought, oh, God, uh, what's this? And, you know, I, I, poss- I can't possibly be having angina. Um, and it was exertional. So I, I thought I'd sit down. Maybe I've just pulled a muscle. And then um, to cut a long short story short, I ended up in an ambulance, which I found very embarrassing, uh, on a trolley, in a corridor, eventually at the hospital where I used to sort of... Um, wheelchair my patients into the cardiac unit so they assumed or thought at the time I was having a heart attack uh, and that's where it was a life-changing event it just stopped there for me I was staring at the ceiling mortified embarrassed because everybody knew me in the hospital what was I doing there as a patient um, and it was just a really shocking experience and that's where it changed my life the course of my life at that point, I was a partner and I had my name on the building. I had so many, you know, very important titles as an educator, an examiner at the university, a GP appraiser. Um, I had so many lead roles. And then all of a sudden to be sort of on a hospital bed with a potential life-threatening experience really, really made me think twice about my entire lifestyle. Wow. So that is in itself an incredible, <laughs> incredible relay of kind of where life started and where, where you, how you got to that point. And we're going to we're going to kind of probably, I think now, just jump into that second half of the story, Nancy, if you don't mind, because, you know, you, you've you've given us a painted a picture. I had goose pimples, actually, as you were speaking. I could really imagine, you know, gosh, how, how that must have felt for you. And uh, yeah, quite quite a life changing moment as you said so what happened from there when you actually got well and you are well because you're here today which is fantastic but what, what happened from there well um I went home I um was discharged first thing I did I went for a walk I thought I don't believe I've got angina I don't really listen to anybody I'm just gonna go for a walk and I went for a walk and I thought right I'm resigning and it was Warren Buffett that I thought he, I read, he'd said, if you don't create income while you sleep, you will work until your death. And that changed my mind. And I thought, well, if anything happens to me, what's going to happen to the children? I have no recurring income. Um, if I can't work, I, I, I'm lost. I've got nothing. All of my eggs was in my profession. And I thought that's just wrong. Um, So for five solid years, all I did after resigning, I set up my own limited company and like a consultancy or what people call a locum doctor. I would just work in my region, left, right and centre. And the gymnast in me that would just focus like, you know, I had laser focus. uh, I had my goals. I did some education about where, you know, how to buy property, uh, tax efficiency, et cetera. And I'd read loads of books. And for five solid years, all I did was put all of my income into property. And I started, it was vanilla buy to let portfolio and I'd replaced my NHS income in five years. I remember my accountant, when he looked at my accounts, he said, wow, Nancy, you're a real saver. You know, how did you do it? I said, well, you know, (laughs) I just had a goal. Uh, That's what I did. Um, 
So I replaced my NHS income and then the shiny new toy at the time, this is back at 2016, was service accommodation. And I thought, you know what, I could do that. So I did a course of interior design for investors or developers. And I really, really found that fascinating. I like the creative aspect of me because I've always sort of had the scientific brain. I thought the numbers and the spreadsheets, but I like the creative aspect. So I thought I could do this. So I went into uh, this. Uh, my service accommodation was in Liverpool, right by the football station, uh, the uh, football club. And um, the first one, I was the very first one I had a um a theme of the Beatles, and it was fantastic. My uh, Booking.com reviews were 9.7 consistently consistently for, for about three years. Um, and the other one was sort of like a boudoir style. And the income was fantastic. I was making about £6,000 a month from the properties together. But now I say that because... It just didn't suit me. Uh, I'd be at a dinner party and I get a phone call from a guest saying to me, oh, the boiler's not working. Could you come sort it out? Or the, the, the housekeeper would call in sick and I've got guests coming in from Copenhagen and they need to have clean beds. And I personally, I always ha I have high standards and I wouldn't offer a service that wasn't good enough for myself. So I ended up cleaning the toilets myself. And I remember the brush, you know, cleaning the toilet, swirling it around. And I thought, what am I doing? This is not, I didn't do, you know, 13 years studying medicine to end up doing this. And I thought, no, this is wrong. So I sold the businesses as a going asset. Uh, so that was really good. I sort of almost flipped them. Um, I sold them with the forward bookings. I did really well with that. And then I thought, right. I need to do something else. It's sort of like a learning curve. So I started new builds. Um, that was interesting because I don't think I was prepared for that. Uh, it was a sharp learning curve. But I sort of had the mind, the sort of the um, outlook that, well, if I could do things that I've done medically, um, like a pulmonary an aspiration of fluid on the lung or whatever, really intricate, detailed things, um, I could learn how to do this. You know, if, if this person could do it, I can do it. So I did it and uh, I found, I managed to buy the right location. So I basically bought what you call a donor house. Large house, split the title, um, you rent out the donor house and then you've got the um, the large side garage or garden and you build a house on that. So did that. I paid back the development loan within, I'd say, even 10 months. So um, one thing I'm very, very protective over is my credit rating. And I've sort of taught my children how to always guard your credit rating. Um, so did that. That was brilliant. Um, but obviously now we're in COVID times and or post-COVID recovery. And as you know, materials have gone up. And I'm sure anybody listening to this, they'll drive by and see a lot of properties or new builds have kind of just stopped and then they mm -hmm. develop and then they stop. And it's because of supply issues. Try and get a steel frame or a steel bar it there's major supply issues and that has an impact on cost so probably the conservative part of me 
feels quite reluctant to go into new build at the moment or sort of expand that. So at the moment, I'm doing commercial conversions. And I, I really like that. Very cost effective, quick turnover. Um, and the permitted development uh, uses and classes and, and rights are just, just fantastic. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. And um, it's just a, a learning journey. Fantastic. Wow. Amazing. Gosh. So, I mean, you know, you, you're not, you're certainly not a novice in property. <laughs> you're, an, you're an expert in, in the medical profession and you're now, you know, really doing some fascinating and interesting things in property as well. So I love the combination you've got going on. And we were talking, weren't we, Nancy, before we pressed record around how <clears throat> kind of a mindset shift really from being in the NHS and being in a very giving, caring profession and, and providing essentially, you know, that healthcare for, for free, um, well, the taxpayer pays, but, you know, the actual patient um, side of it, whereas that aspect of your your world and that now where you are today with much more commerciality and the financial side of it. So do you want to just talk about that bridge? Because there will be people listening here that are maybe in the similar kind of professions, even if it's not medicine, maybe they're in a charity or something like that. And actually, how do you marry the two? So you keep your integrity as a doctor in the giving side of it, but you actually switch on the part of your brain, which is savvy businesswoman. It's so hard. Oh, my word. I've never realized how hard it is transition. Can you imagine uh, working in a culture where everything you just give everything for free? And uh, if you ever suggest you for two people that you have to buy something that, you know, it's frowned upon, you know, oh, well, why can't I get it on the NHS? And so you from going from that guilty culture where everything's given for free and you've got to look after the patient, you've got to do this, got to do that and best care to suddenly monetizing your services was really hard for me. Very, very hard. So my prices, it was the Airbnbs that was a real sharp turning curve, uh, learning curve for me. And I'd undervalued, underpriced things and hence I was fully booked. But then I realized gradually, I really, really need to start um, making more of a profit by off, but offering a fair price, not on undervaluing myself. And I learned that. Um, and also uh, it, it was hard. It, it was just a very hard experience. But as you grow, as you move along, you learn how to do that. And thankfully, there are, there are more sort of um, I, I like to do things by the book. Um, I'd like I'd always have fire safety regs. I'd have a fire safety expert and the house would be done to a very, very the accommodation to a high standard. And I don't really think I, I a lot of other people, you know, a lot of people in the industry at that time didn't always have uh, fire safety standards in Airbnbs, for example. And I don't think I actually um, advertised that, um, partly because, again, in my professional background, we have a culture where everything's on mute. You, do, you don't really talk about anything outside of if you're outside of your subject matter, you're almost on mute. You just, you just don't talk. Probably because of patient confidentiality, it's transferred into your daily life. So this is really my very first podcast and it's taken quite a journey to sort of ex express or share my journey. And I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that are in a job that they're tied in and they have very little freedom. Yeah. And unfortunately in my journey, it took me sort of ending up on a hospital bed to realize that what I dreamed of wasn't actually 
right for me at the time. And I've had to reset my values and reset what I wanted and what I dreamed of and what was right for me. So at the moment, it's freedom and uh, at the same pra- same time practicing. Um, and property gives you that uh, flexibility and freedom to um, do what you want when you want and not have such a huge commitment where to the point where you're burnt out and you're on a hospital bed from somebody who is is, is athletic, you know, a former athlete. So it, it was quite a shock, but I've cut free. So if anybody has any doubts, just... Go with your gut instinct. Don't wait until you're in a hospital bed and something drastic like that happens and you have to call in the neighbours to look after your children until you're discharged from hospital. It's such an amazing, amazing piece of advice you've given there, Nancy, because regardless of people's situation, you know, uh, we all we all have the ability to create the life we want. And we only have one life and we don't know how long we've got do we not wishing to get all morbid, but genuinely we do not know. And uh, I think to, to live a life where you go, well, hang on a minute, actually, I've got these dreams, aspirations, but I'm not doing anything about it. What a shame, you know, and and I think the fact that you kind of reconnected with what was important for you and then took a very different direction. I mean, all credit to you because this podcast is about brave, bold, brilliant. And, you know, that's such a great example of being brave and pushing out of your comfort zone, you know? Thought I had sort of frontal brain tumor. Why would you resign? You're okay. Um, They really thought I'd had sort of some midlife crisis. You're just going to resign and do what? Leave, you know, this, your your, your whole life. And I said, yep. I'm walking away. And what are you going to do? Um, I'm just going to, you know, work part time and do what I want to do. So I was quite a rebel, but it was the best thing I've ever done. I've never looked back. When I'm on my consulting chair, I give my patients 100 percent. As a landlady, I give 100 percent. When I'm structuring a deal, I'm making offers. I do it very fairly. I have the time. I'm focused. I'm able to be a wonderful. I, I well, I've I I like to think I'm a great parent. My children are very well adjusted, very, very happy, productive, happy children. And that's the world for me. Yeah. How how do you manage that then? Because I think, you know, you have got multiple things going on, um, you know, and and I talk a lot around sort of having a structure in your life and kind of diarization, some of the practical stuff, but how do you manage it so that you can be fully present, whichever of those areas of your life you're focused on at that point of time? Because I think a lot of people struggle with this. Um, That's a good question. I think number one, you've got to really look after yourself. You've got to look after yourself. We're a triad. You know, there's the physical aspect of you. I think to be the best version of yourself, you really need to be healthy. And that's in your eating and exercising. Again, I sound like I'm preaching the medical side of me, but I do literally practice what I preach, like being healthy and exercising daily. That's so important. There's a physical aspect to that. Biochemically, you're actually sort of surging your endorphins, your happy hormones, your serotonin, your dopamine. So that's very, very important. You've got to be in your prime physical state and you have to work on that. You don't passively become fit and healthy. You've got to do that. And then I think mentally, 
I do meditate daily. I think that really, it's amazing ever since I, I used to do yoga as a child, part of my gymnastics and et cetera. But after every yoga session, we sort of started meditating. And I've always transferred that into my working life and it works. It's just amazing where you actively switch off your body and mind. It's a very important thing. It's like you're resetting everything and planning for the next day. Um, so that helps. And then uh, I think just, just, mindfulness and spirituality helps just walking and 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 letting go that's just and surrendering that's just so important so that clears you resets you for the next day and focusing just focus you have to have goals you have to have targets you have to know what you're where, where you're going what you're doing so I know people do an annual uh, sort of goal setting, uh, but I suppose ever since I was at school, I always, you know, the teacher would say uh, to, you know, in primary school, what does any, what do people want to do? What do you want to do, children? I'd be the first, my, hand, my arm was up, I want to be a doctor. And for me, I knew what I wanted to do. And my whole life was focused around that. Now I have my property goals and I know what my goals are. So it's important to have goals and it's important to have a work-life balance. So I also, now that COVID has lifted and travel restrictions, I think it's important to just have quality time with your family, even if it's, you know, at the gym or just a family walk or a family barbecue or a holiday, uh, whatever level in England and any place or abroad, whatever suits you, it's important to have that work-life balance. Yeah, gosh, there's so much, so much in here. And um, I think you're absolutely right. For me, I, you know, I practice meditation. I do my visualization. Exercise is a, is a non-negotiable for me. If I don't train, I just don't feel on my game, you know. And, and I know that. It's yeah. interesting because it's not scientific, solid medicine. I'm quite sort of secretive about it. But I do, and it works, and it has worked. And I honestly believe that from the age of four, I manifested being a doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. You know, how it's so hard to get into medical school um, and, and even to get into training and the levels of, of you're constantly being judged and, and evaluated and screened and et cetera. But if it's what you want to do and you manifest it, you've got to have that goal. And I've done it in my medicine. I've done it in my property. And you just keep on going. And yeah. every year your goals change uh, and you have to accept change and embrace change. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and you're right, you know, for some people, they might be thinking, oh, I'm not into all that woo-woo rubbish, you know, and that's fine. Sometimes for other people, it might just be as simple as sitting in the garden with a cup of tea and just giving yourself a bit of space to think, you know, or not think, just see what comes to you, you know. So I think that's the thing, isn't it, Nancy? Everyone is different. You've got to find what's right for you. Um, and, and then that whole kind of routine of, of, of it just becomes part of who you are and what and the way you live your life, you know, so. I, I don't have to force myself. Sometimes I don't have to force myself to the gym, but generally, I, you know, exercise because I, I know I feel so much better afterwards. So the, the rainy mornings when you don't want to get out and you think, oh God, you know, just put your trainers on. You go out, do whatever you're going to do, come back and you'll always feel better. Always, without doubt. <laughs> 
doctor's advice there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm a, yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a massive fan, but I also know that that's not for everyone. So whatever, whatever works for you. But I think, yeah, clarity of your goals, be clear on what you want in life and be brutally honest with yourself, you know, because I think sometimes we, the easiest person to lie to is yourself, isn't it? You know, and, and we kid ourselves and we say, well, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. But actually, what do you want? What do you really want from your life? What, what do you want to create for your family or but your loved ones and and I think if you can take the time to hold that mirror up and and hopefully for a lot of people it doesn't have to be as extreme a situation as you faced um once you get it you almost feel a sense of liberation a sense of kind of relief that you know you know where you're heading <laughs> yeah it, it was quite a transition to just walk away um and and just find my own path and I did and uh like I said what 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 Warren Buffett said made so so much sense to me. I have no income, you know, if anything happens to me professionally. If I can't work, what will I do? You know, how will I survive? And and it really did make a, you know, really hit. And and for me, bricks and mortar, you can't go wrong. Mm, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, about the team and, and how you have kind of built your business because you talked around you know, with when you got into the Airbnb that you were very much sort of doing everything yourself. And, and of course, you, you exchange one job for another in that scenario, don't you? But where you are today with what, you know, the experience, the 10 years you've had in property, how have you set yourself up with the team and the structures and the processes that allows you to, to create the right combination for you? Now, well, I think every successful person has to have key, what they call people of influence, really, really good uh, professional people. That's part of your team. Number one is my accountant. Okay. He to me is, you know, if he ever rings me, he's like, he's on speed dial VIP. Yes. <laughs> what can I do? Yes. What is it? <laughs> so definitely you have to have a really good, to understand tax efficiency. Again, uh, if I compare my other former self, you know, with my GP partners, we'd be sat around, we used to sort of take pride in overpaying taxes and we had the most the least tax efficient model that you could imagine compared to just being tax efficient, not evading tax, but being tax efficient. So having a really good uh, accountant's important, having a good relationship with a solicitor who is both residential and commercial. I think you need um, a solicitor that does both and they're worth the weight in gold. And uh, my solicitor, I have a lot of, um, she's known me for what, almost 10 years. We have, she'll do a lot for me um, and vice versa. And I really appreciate her. And I always express my appreciation over and above. And she knows that very well. And I hope she always does feel that from my side. Um, you need a really good planner. Um, and I think, also a good reputation as being a very fair person uh, who has high values and morals. There's nothing worse than having somebody do a job for you and you mess them about and not pay them on time. And I think having those high morals and values and integrity is, is, is so important because people will come back to you and always refer you uh, to other, other colleagues and want to work with you. So that's very important. So a planning consultant, have a really good planning consulting. Also a VA now, I've expanded. I have a VA, uh, which is important. Um, she Because I've suddenly realized if I really need to 
expand. There's only 24 hours in a day and I haven't got time to do everything. Um, my downfall that slowed me down in my property business was probably just doing everything with me, myself and I. And it just doesn't work like that because there's only so much I can do. So I've, I've employed a, a VA and she does um, a lot of work for me, um, mostly finding new deals as well and sending out letters off market deals, particularly commercial, which is what I'm doing at the moment. Having a good VA and having a good sort of network of, of friends who are like-minded, uh, entrepreneurial as well, um, I've got my GP friends and I have my I have different groups of, of friends, but it's really important to have that good social network and just have a laugh. I think it's very important. Yeah, gosh, it's like, again, there's so much in here, uh, you know, so in terms of sort of surrounding yourself with the right people, I mean, spot on. And, and we both know the wonderful Ray McLennan um, and, and Ray's, a, Ray's a, a joy and a great example, actually, of, of someone that can really influence support, you know, with his knowledge experience. But you're right, you know, sometimes not everyone will get what we're trying to achieve. Um, and this isn't just for property people. This is any anyone in life, really. And have you experienced, as you've made the changes, some people, People that maybe have been less supportive, Nancy, as you've kind of transitioned and created this new new life Absolutely. for yourself. Absolutely. A lot of people would think, you know, why don't you just sit at home and just enjoy your children? I go, well, and do what? <laughs> just, I, it's a mindset, um, uh, you know. Uh, so I just sort of like, okay, you, you have your opinion, I have mine. And, and yes, a lot of people don't understand why I work so hard, but I enjoy working hard. I, it gives you a buzz accomplishing things, gives you a buzz achieving things, offering really good, um, healthy homes that you've built from scratch, from something that was a complete shambles to transform it into something where, you know, offering a healthy, happy home is, is just amazing. It's just a wonderful, and it's, a, it's an asset that will last for, for almost a century. I, I, it's just mind-blowing that you can ch change a landscape, change a town's history is, is amazing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I guess this partly links to, to sort of your, your profession as well. And, you know, what you do in the, in, in terms of medicine and the patients, you know, you make a difference, you make a, de a genuine difference to people's lives. Um, and you do that in the property world as well. And you do that in the way that you carry yourself and the, the people you do business with and the, the jobs and the, the, you know, the financial freedom you create for, for other people around you as well. So I think we, we all have the ability to, to, make an impact in a positive way in the world. Um, and, and you never quite know how far that will spread. It's like dropping a, a pebble in a pond, you know, that ripple impact um, can be pretty, pretty powerful, I think. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, having Ray McLennan and um, it's really good having a mentor as well. And I reached out to Ray because I kind of stalked him on his podcast for years and years. And I really liked his, he's very, intelligent person I thought I would really like to uh, talk to this person more and learn more for him and it, it's it's been amazing and he'd actually helped me set goals and sometimes I think a you can be your worst enemy in the sense can I really do that can I really achieve that and he he sort of helped me uh, get out of my own way actually and say well why can't I do that and you know I'm now looking at deals that, for example, previously I was sort of looking at a deal at about 
600,000. But now he's sort of helped me increase my goals, get out of my own way. We're now looking at things that are 1.6 million. Mm. And um, I think you can sometimes be your worst limiting factor. Um, But I think if you have the right mentor and set your goals and really believe in what you do and have a formula to doing that. It's not just a random figure that, you know, there's a formula and you employ the best people to get you to where you want to go. Um, it works. It just totally works. Absolutely. And and that's it, isn't it? Because, just, you know, just start small, start, start, start going with whatever you want to do, give it a go, get successful, then go to the next level. And, and that's the great thing, isn't it? I mean, about, I think a couple of things as you're speaking, progress. I think that's as human beings, we feel good when we feel like we're moving forward and not stagnating. Um, But also your goals will change as they go along. And that's actually fine because Tony Robbins, I don't know if you ever listened to any of the great Tony Robbins, you know, I mean, the master of personal development, he talks about the, about your standards. What standard do you set for yourself, whether that's your physical health, well-being, whether it's business, you know, earning potential, et cetera. What's your standard? And then, of course, you get to there and then you raise the bar again. So yeah. some people might think, well, bloody hell, you know, if you're never going to get there and when you get there, you're not satisfied, what's the point? But but I always think it's progression. It's about the progression. But along the way, you must enjoy the ride. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, medicine had, it, it was, I think it was my purpose in life for, uh, and it still is. I really enjoy doing what I do. It will get you a a decent car. It will get you a a decent house, but it won't really help you uh, go to a different level where you you can do other things and have more freedom and have more luxuries and travel more. Um, I mean, I could probably once I've retired, but I don't want to wait until I'm 65 and, you know, heavens knows what health issues will happen. So, um, Doing what I did, uh, which was a negative thing, I managed to just walk away, uh, be a rebel, and here I am. I've never looked back, and it's worked. I have made some bad choices, um, but I'll share that with you. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a final question. I always like to ask is around advice that maybe hasn't worked so well. But yeah, I mean, obviously, anyone listening to this will be will be absolutely blown away by your story, your energy. You know, just how what a lovely, kind, giving person you are, as well as massive success that you've achieved, and you deserve everything everything that you've got in your life you've made it happen 100 but it isn't always easy and people listen to this or be might be thinking oh it's all right for nancy with you know a 1.6 million projects that she's looking at but the reality is not everything goes well does it in life i mean you had a you had a life changing event that could have could have ended your life in a different scenario thank god it didn't but it was the catalyst but we along the way do you want to i mean we'll talk about advice but just in terms of some examples where things haven't gone so well nancy that you know over and above what you've already shared is there any standouts that you can think yeah, of yes yeah well when i started my journey i i i went for cheap properties and um i thought oh wow that's that 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 whole house terraced house is only about what 46,000 I'll buy that do it up and but it was the sort of in the worst street uh with neighbors who were an absolute nightmare that nobody wants to live next to and the tenants are only they'll only sit there there for six months and they're gone so don't buy cheap 
is something that I really got my fingers burnt with. So I had to sell it in the end. Um, also, don't buy any selective licensing areas because I fell for that one too. Um, and also always get recommendations. One of the reasons I ended up managing my Airbnbs myself was because um, I went to networking and loads of people come and approach you. Oh, I can manage your Airbnb. So I instructed somebody to manage my Airbnb. And that was the whole plan because I did some education. It was meant to be a hands-off investment. Here you go. So I was paying for council tax, water, gas, electric, and then Right. One month came, no income. Two months, well, you're fully booked. You know, where's where's my income? <laughs> where's my rent? Okay, what's happening? Nothing for, what, three months. I didn't get a penny. So um, I, I got ripped off, unfortunately. So hence I thought, right, okay, I'm going to have to do this myself. Um, but it, it just, it didn't work. So definitely recommendation. Don't just go by you know, the, the marketing or what people say at face value. Yeah, do your due diligence, hundred percent, and that 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 holds good for whether it's an investment and a business case that you're looking at. Do your due diligence, do your numbers properly, assess things, but also people who you work with. Yeah, you're absolutely right because, and also sometimes it's not just around the quality of a service that someone will give you. Sometimes it's about fit, you know, because someone could be an amazing mentor or a coach for someone else, for example, but they just might not be quite right for you. And that's okay. You know I mean? With the mentoring that I do, I, I, I spend a lot of time with people before we agree to, to work together because it's important. You know, I'm not everyone's bag and, and that's okay. You know, yeah. so I think, I think that due diligence, whether it's people you're working with or, you know, trust that you're putting in, in in terms of a business deal or whatever is is a really sound advice and i appreciate you being really candid about the you know the highs and the lows nancy because it is important that we're honest and and people listening you know it, they're going to learn from that we can all learn from each other's mistakes hopefully so we don't make them ourselves <laughs> Absolutely. And always go on the ground and check things yourself. Don't just take things by word of mouth. You have to go there and, and, and see for yourself. That's that's what I've learned. I get a lot of people messaging, messaging me on social media. Well, how do you know this? How do you know that? I said, well, go there yourself. You know, see what it's like in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evenings. You know, you need to actually see what the area is like. And I've walked away from deals after buying that really bad cheap one initially um, because I've gone back at different times of the day. So when you go with the estate agent, it looks really nice and quiet and normal. But you go at nighttime. Oh, my God. <laughs> you get all sorts of things that this is not the right area for me. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. And it is trying to get that right balance, I think, between how much do you do yourself and how much do you leverage? And, and it's, the, it's the combination. But I always think it's really, it's useful to get stuck into the detail at the beginning so you know enough, you've got the confidence, and then you can back off and then you can delegate and then you can, you know, because you you know what you're going into. Oh, absolutely, Jeanette, totally. That's brilliant advice. Mm, fantastic. Well, you were the inspiration for that, Nancy. So there we are. <laughs> That's the value of a conversation like this. But um, honestly, we could chat for absolute hours, Nancy. And um, it's such a joy that Ray put us together. I'm really thankful to Ray for that because I know that everyone listening is going to get so much in this and you are, you're a really lovely person to know as well. So thank you for, for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. And thank you for, for hosting me today. It was oh. my 
very first time I've ever broken from this like culture of silence on mute and I've spoken out. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no, it's, it's massively helpful for, for anyone that's listening. So I've got a few final questions, Nancy, if you don't okay. mind. Um, so can you think through your fabulous career in both medicine and property and your life, you know, you've got, you've done a lot in terms of life and being a working mum as well, all those aspects. Um, can you think of the best piece of advice that you've been given over the years? The best piece of advice? I like what Warren Buffett said. If you don't learn how to make money while you sleep, you will work until you're your deathbed. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, it's a real stark warning, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, powerful, powerful stuff. But no, that's fantastic. So thank you for that. And then when you look back and you think, um, you know, was there any advice that you took that didn't quite work out and you regretted? Or maybe it was advice that came your way that you thought, mm, no, I don't like that. I'm not going to follow that advice. And I'm, and you were relieved that you, you did ignore it. Um, I think, you know, sometimes people tell you about doing a, I don't know, a 8K refurb or this refurb and limits to a certain number and then you're trying to find people to fit in with that that budget it doesn't work like that so don't always go with the cheapest quote because if you what is if you if you go for something cheap you get what you pay for so i now try to find people who have a better reputation who might be more pricey but i know will deliver and will not let me down so don't go for cheap because i used to like a bargain and i've i've got my fingers burnt again by going for cheap quotes don't do that never <laughs> yeah no that's that's good advice yeah you know um again do your due diligence find out what the options are but yeah cheap is not always the best you're absolutely right and then um, sometimes it might be somewhere in the middle at other times it might be go for the higher end because you're looking to achieve a higher margin at the end and you need that quality you know so yeah brilliant advice that is um so my final question this podcast is called brave bold brilliant and i think you've given us loads of examples of where you've demonstrated all of that but what does that mean to you nancy well we're, nobody's perfect. We're all different. We all have our weaknesses and strengths. And I think being brave is embracing your weaknesses. Um, I'm a very sort of, sometimes I'm quite an introvert, a very quiet person, uh, but embrace that. And um, being brave is be a rebel. Do what you want, not what people expect of you. Um, and being brilliant, be creative, just let your hair down and do what you want, when you want, look after yourself and you have to be number one, because if you don't put yourself as number one, you won't be able to look after everybody else. Fantastic. What a way to finish the podcast. <laughs> Nancy, where can people find you if they want to hook up with you? What's the best uh, way? To I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm trying to build up my LinkedIn profile. Definitely on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find me there. Oh, wonderful. Nancy, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. It really has. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, yeah, you are most definitely brave, bold and brilliant. Oh, thank you. And have a great day. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Thanks, Nancy. Take care. Bye. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five star review.